This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. How long have we been using the word clickbait in the sports industry? I guess we use it's, it in all uh, TMZ and everybody uses clickbait, But that bait, phrase right? is a recent phenomenon, don't but you think? But it's kind of a years? sports phenomenon, isn't it? Uh, clickbait. I guess it's everywhere. No, it's but, in news a lot, but, too. But uh, clickbait... Especially with your president. Clickbait is a... Uh, but, but clickbait is putting a headline on something that... You know, okay, people are going to come and click this on just to see what it's about, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, hey, this sounds interesting. My guy, Randball, used to be a regular on Saturday Sports Talk. Randball Radio. Randball Radio. And Randball is charged with, he comes rolling into the Star Tribune every morning about 9.30, and he ends up posting a blog or something. He's, he's got a produce something for page two the next day but he's also doing something that's going to appear online uh during the uh you know that you, you try to hit that all important noon time mm-hmm. with some reader uh, i think this was yesterday what time was it posted well 2 18 p.m uh yesterday okay randy moss was crushed for i play when i want to play while lebron is celebrating this was based on LeBron's piece with Brian Windhorst when uh, LeBron was basically trying to explain how he can still be playing uh, 41 minutes a game. He played more than anybody in the league this year, right? During the regular so, yes. season, yes. Yep. And in the uh, playoffs, he plays 42, 43 minutes all the time. And LeBron said uh, he'll, he often walks to the other end of the floor. And one thing, when it, when a team when the other team is shooting free throws, he'll walk down to the other end of the floor. He'll take a walk. He'll see, he's saving himself some trips. And uh, what Randball is uh, getting to here is, gee, when LeBron is saying, I don't play as hard as I can every trip to the floor, I save some energy, we say, well, that makes sense. But when Randy did it, we uh, ripped him. But well, you know what that is. We got two different animals. Right. <laughs> we got two different we got two different games here. And yeah. I love and Randy. Randy. So I'm not, I I, I love Randy, I mean, but yeah. People love Randy, but uh of course it was the famous 2001 quote to Sid Hartman. <laughs> the I play when I want to play because he was getting hell then for not running routes and mm-hmm. not blocking anybody and doing stuff and the quote he gave to sid was when i play i play when i want to play do i play up to my top performance my ability every time maybe not 
I just keep doing what I do, and that is playing football. When I make up my mind, I am going out there to tear somebody's head off. When I go out there and play football, man, it's not anybody telling me to play or how I should play. I play when I want to play. Case closed. Well, because didn't Sid, didn't Sid, like, ask him about, like, you know, Chris Carter tells you, you know. No, I think it was about people are saying you don't play hard all the time or something like that. I think that was it. But the great part about this quote is Judd was then Sid's personal editor. Mm -hmm. He would read Sid's copy every day. Sid had that down at the bottom of the Randy Moss section and just was going to let it pass into the into the night. It all is just part of what Randy told him. Judd wasn't going to let that and fly. Judd <laughs> sees it, whips it up on the top, and puts a headline on it. And it, beca- <laughs> and it became what? Uh, straight cash, uh, straight cash homie. Straight cash homie. Uh, and this is probably his second, or this is his most famous thing. I play well, with Straight Cash Homie. But did Street Cash, Street homie, cash yeah. homie, wasn't that his second go round, though, when he came back? No, no. no, no. Was it when he came first that time? Was, that was the. Uh, the the traffic. Uh, the, the traffic. The traffic. Thing. traffic yeah. yeah, Straight Cash. That was 2002. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, okay. when the when the meter maid was laying on his hood, I I would say somebody that somebody else put that marijuana ash in my right. bill, in my, uh, in my I think it's I play what I want to play is the most infamous quote from Randy because it was met with such scrutiny. Everybody had fun with straight cash, homie. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that one was, but that was part of his defiance of the, of that. When he was that age, you know, he's yeah. 2001 and he was, you know, if you're going to say, I, I think what he was saying was, okay, you know, when I want to play, I'm going to do what I did to Dallas on national TV, you know, and yeah. the other times. Or the Packers on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. The other, <laughs> the other time is, uh, you know, okay, sometimes, sometimes they call a play and I know they're going to throw an eight yard pass to the left flat. I'm not going to run 70 yards down the. Field. But he was right. always Stuff like that. But, but he, he was, was always okay with Sid for the most part. But did that kind yeah, of snowball he, the relationship he had with the media? That I play he, when I want to play. Oh, I think we were already. We already had. I think he came. Uh, Randy came, came into the in league already. Yeah, yeah. Sour was, at the media. He was, he was yes. He was. Uh, he had. Uh, yeah, he came in because of the. You know the fact he ended up going twentieth when he should have been the number one overall. Draft and choice. all the he stuff he the had, the, the issues he had in college with yes. you know Florida yeah. State yeah. and yeah. all yeah. the stories. I mean, I think when they see stuff in the media, they they think it's the media's fault that they did that. Then it got publicized instead of you know well the the school. You know if you get thrown out of a school, we're going to try to find out why. That's right. But anyway, I thought this was fantastic. By Randball trying to take LeBron, who's <laughs> the most durable athlete in the history of American sports, yeah, and say, "Well, he walks down the floor once in a while. Why did we get Randy so much uh, hell for walking?" <laughs> but you know, you know what's funny though. Or, but they used to show video too of Randy not doing anything. Yeah, you know, just standing there because the play was going to go the other side of the field. Right, where they run a sweep to the opposite yeah. side of the field, and the ball would snap, and Randy would just go shoulders down. <laughs> <laughs> what is interesting though is like that little, that little pocket of, I guess you call them LeBron James haters. 
they will use something like oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. to hold oh, yeah. to hold against them. The, thing, the difference what, is that though, it's, that so, it's so small at, now. That group at this point is the smallest it's ever been. Yeah, it I is, agree. He is. Uh, I mean, when you go from the decision where I was saying what a jackass thing this was, yeah, to now that that group has gone from seventy percent of American sports fans to, to about three percent. Yeah, to, to very you know, small I saw yeah. a very funny tweet. Earlier today, it might have even been from our guy Black Adam Schefter. It's got the picture of Kyrie, yeah. and he's got the 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 towel over his head, like you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm injured. I'm on the sidelines with the dour look in his face, and it says, "Left the Cavs to be the man." And underneath his face said, "Both teams made the finals without him." <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. But I think you're right. I think that 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 group of and the, the anti-LeBron crowd is as small as it's been, but. If he doesn't, and you know this, Manny, if he doesn't win the championship, some of them will still come out of the woodwork oh, to attack they him. They'll, they'll which scream. is just asinine. It, it, it's a small amount, but they'll yell the loudest. Another finally couldn't win it. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, congratulations to Rand Ball. I bet that was a click fest on that one right there. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with my pal, Mark Wicker, talking to us about the Angels and uh, other issues. I would call this an as-expected Byron Buxton uh, active list tonight, and Ryan Lamar sent to Rochester, so Buxton will be in the lineup tonight, I would guess. Mark Wicker's with us. Uh, so, a week, a couple of years ago, the Dodgers are 70, I mean, the Dodgers, the Angels are 74 and 88, and it looks like the wheels have come off out there for Socha. Uh, this has been uh, quite a two-year turnaround. Yeah, they made some nice deals. I think uh, getting Simmons to play shortstop was one of the biggest ones, even though the pitcher that they gave up, Newcomb, is pitching well now. But yeah. uh, he solidified their defense and, uh, you know, signing Upton last year near the end of the season and, or trading for him and then signing him. Uh, you know, Maldonado behind the plate. I think they started with trying to solidify their whole defense. And then uh, in the interim, um, you know, they turned out to be some of these guys really blossomed offensively as well. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, with Otani being able to pitch the way he's pitched and, and actually Richards and Berea and some of these other guys the last week and a half have really pitched well. So a lot of the things are coming um, into place. I think it's important to keep in mind that they're 0-6 against the Yankees and the Red Sox. But, uh, <laughs> but they've beaten the teams that they should have beaten. And it helps to have the best player in baseball, probably, Trouton. Well, he's getting better. You know, he's yeah. not he's not, he's not chasing as many pitches. And, uh, you know, he's, he's getting to be a more sophisticated hitter, even, uh, you know, not that he was unsophisticated before, but he's he's just a better hitter. And, and I think it's because he's surrounded by better players, too. I mean, it's, uh, there are fewer soft spots in that lineup. It is hard not to uh, uh, flashback uh, to uh, Fernando Mania with Otani, although Fernando was pitching every four days, not once a week. And uh, certainly uh, caught on with an ethnic group that uh, uh, was looking for a superstar out in L.A. But uh, how how uh, Sundays when he pitches, what's it like? Yeah, it's a little bit like Nomo Mania. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't think anything's ever going to replace Fernando Mania. That no. was just incredible. But, uh, you know, when Nomo came over uh, with the Dodgers, there was a lot of that, too. I mean, there was not as much, but it was, it was certainly uh, an occasion when he pitched and uh, – and this kid, uh, you know, he's gotten a lot of attention for the fact he hits too. But he would be, from what we've seen in the, in the you know, middle of May, 
he's uh, he would be a legitimate player if, at either thing that he does, and, and the fact that he does both of them and just adds to it. But yeah, there's a lot of excitement, and I think that he's blended in well with the rest of the team. I think they they like the fact that he's here. I think a lot of the you know Trout doesn't get as much attention with him here, although he certainly deserves it. And uh, you know, I think it's been a real shot in the arm for the whole everybody in the organization. So, uh, Otani, I guess uh, having uh, the, the trying to figure out how to work a deal with the uh, U.S. media to some extent, huh? they, uh, they 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 managed to uh, shelter him pretty well uh, in in you know Japan and stuff. And I was just reading some stuff how it's uh, it's he, he's he's not terribly comfortable uh, trying to answer questions. Well, the Angels have never been, as an organization, they've never been comfortable with the media anyway. So, uh, as you can see from where they, they, they make the media watch the game from the right field foul pole, so, uh, um, where the press box is. But, uh, yeah, he's, it's, Otani's a little bit, uh, it's a lot like any other player, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that, uh, so the Latino players always resented is the fact that, you know, when the Japanese players came over here, they were provided with interpreters and, and their media was really, regulated because they had a lot of their own media here and Latino players are kind of saying, you know, nobody ever did that for us. So, uh, you know, we, we had to kind of go on the fly and, uh, speak an uncomfortable language because we were expected to. So you're seeing a little bit more of that now too. Uh, beyond that phenomenon and, uh, everything, uh, is, this is a pretty good looking club. Uh, you just mentioned Trout Simmons, uh, uh, the way they're catching the ball now, it's 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 a it's a uh, challenger for Houston right now. Yeah, they they uh, went they went to Houston and won two out of three, and uh, Houston is not quite clicking offensively as as they probably will. I think yes. both teams have problems in the back end. Um, as far as they're, they're, neither one's really got a reliable bullpen, the, the Angels are trying to do it by committee right now, pretty much, but. Uh, yeah, it should be a pretty good race. I think both of them will probably make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I miss pennant races where it was yes. you know, all or nothing. But, you know, <laughs> now, it's, now September is probably one of the dullest months of the year. But, yeah. um, they should they should finish pretty close to each other unless Houston just goes on a tear, which they're certainly capable of doing. So uh, the Dodgers, meanwhile, uh, you know, Kershaw is now uh, on that 10-day DL, which is used uh, incredibly often, but uh, they're not uh, playing. They've, they've been a little better lately, but what's the word on them? No, they're just, you know, they, it takes them. I mean, watching them play is, is really like uh, watching – somebody trying to give birth. I mean, <laughs> in terms of trying to score runs, I mean, they are just not hitting with men in scoring position. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really been difficult. The bullpen has struggled, although, you know, Jansen's been a little better lately and, uh, they're getting their people back. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when Justin Turner comes back, because I think everything on this team sort of revolves around him. Um, you could say their two best position players are Jan or, uh, Seager, who's out for the year, yeah. and Turner, who hasn't played yet. And uh, you had Ryu and um, Puig, who came back last night. Forsyth has been missed because, you know, you're ending up playing Barnes a lot at second. You're playing Utley probably a little too much sometimes. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a amazing rash of injuries. But when, you know, I look back at some of the teams that won World Series the last few years, they had negligible injuries, and that's probably the most – overlooked aspect of why teams win and lose is, you know, some teams are just healthier than others. And, and the Dodgers, who had a lot of things go well for them last year, 
Uh, very little has gone well for them this year. The uh, the playoffs for the wintertime sports did not occupy much of your time out there this year in uh, the L.A. market. Uh, uh, Lakers, Clippers uh, don't uh, make it, of course, and the, uh, both the uh, hockey teams go out in four games. And did I see they scored a total of seven goals in those eight games? Yeah, they had uh, seven goals in eight games, which it, in, in Winnipeg they call that the first and second period. <laughs> so, yeah, they, uh, you know, you can see, hey, we saw Vegas play all year, and, and they're just fantastic. And uh, They're fast. You know, and San Jose uh, was was just better than the Ducks. The Ducks didn't show up for a couple of those games. I will say the Kings played hard. They just lost four one-goal games. But, unfortunately, uh, the playoffs are still going, and it's still the best thing going. And, and uh, I'm getting ready to set that DVR for uh, Winnipeg and Nashville tonight in case I'm doing something else because that's going to be outstanding. So have you been to Vegas for a hockey game? I have not. I've been in the arena, but not for hockey. Okay. I, I can tell on TV that it's just a pageant there. <laughs> it is. You know, a, I actually wrote about this today, and it, it is amazing to me how they beat the NBA to that town. They're going to yeah. beat the NBA to Seattle. They got these lively town. Nashville, you know, is just a going city. And mm-hmm. uh, the NBA, you know, for all the crowds they're drawn in Oklahoma City and uh you know, and now they're in Memphis, and they're in kind of these secondary markets, and the uh, NHL is beating them to some great markets. Yeah, the NBA is is uh, has got to be looking at that Vegas thing. I don't know which franchise would be most likely to move there, but um, they do have a WNBA team this year for the first time. Yeah. It's kind of a dress rehearsal, but they could move into that thing tomorrow. And, and MLB's got to be looking at it, yeah. too. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly uh, how they would handle it because it, it would be hard to play there in the summer without a dome. And I don't think the new football stadium is going to be really uh, baseball-friendly if they wanted to con- reconfigure it. I don't really think they could. But baseball's got to be looking at that, too, because Las Vegas itself is a very good baseball town, and a lot of players like living there. And so it would be a, a good free agent destination. Uh, Wick, I'm watching the players here over my shoulder. Uh, is the 17th hole the greatest marketing gimmick of modern American sports? Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, that 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 was branding before anybody thought to call it branding. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's uh, it's a great golf course though. Um, yeah. Overall, and and there's a lot of great things about that golf course that get overshadowed by 17. But uh, yeah, you can just sit there with a 17 cam and. You know, it's a lot like the old NASCAR races I used to go yeah. to where people just showed up to watch people wreck, you know, and that's, that's why they're there. Yeah, well, it's you, you are. It's a great golf. Uh, you know, and uh, Tiger popped up and played okay a couple early tournaments, and uh, I think people got stars in their eyes about how he was going to come out and handle these uh, young pups. I, I don't think it's happening. You no, can't putt right young, now. Well, the young pups aren't scared of him because no. they never had their heads beat in like uh, Ernie <laughs> and everybody else did. I mean, to them, he's he's just a real nice guy who used to be good, you yeah. know. And uh, and and they are so much better than the competition was then. I mean, he's he's the reason. I mean, he you know doing the things that he did. Um, everybody does them now. Whereas when Tiger came out, you had Tom Kite and Wayne Levy and a bunch of guys who you know didn't really know what a barbell was. So. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, he's he's influenced this, but it's kind of like Frankenstein's monster. He's he's going to play well, but he's uh, he, he's not going to be 
anywhere close to the level he was on in terms of comparing him with the other good players. Uh, Mark Wickers uh, with me, uh, North Carolina fella. Uh, you mentioned NASCAR. Uh, I was uh, talking to a, a friend of mine who has been on the NASCAR beat. He just got laid off by SB Nation. Uh, the North Carolina newspapers don't even have beat writers anymore. I guess they just go to the local races down there. Boy, that's that the sport of the 80s or the early 90s is uh, is hurting for certain. Well, there aren't many local races for them, and there aren't many drivers from the South. Yes. And, uh, but, I, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I think the economy and I just think it's car culture is yes, different. I right. mean, you know, kids aren't getting their driver's license when they turn 16. It's not important to them anymore. And, uh, and the brand identification, um, you know, uh, I grew up there and I had nine uncles and, and, and they love forts. And, and if you, <laughs> if you, if you bought a Buick and drive it, went in the driveway, they would just ignore it or pretend that you were from outer space or something. I mean, but when you, when somebody bought a Ford and brought it in, they would, they would, pop the hood and look at it for hours and say, you know, they, they moved that hose over here. It was over there last year. I mean, and you don't have that now because all the cars are pretty much the same and nobody can tell an Altima from an Infiniti from a Toyota from a Honda. And, and you don't have that thing where you, you know, you say, okay, let's go watch the Chevys win today and, and maybe we'll buy one tomorrow. I mean, that's yeah. what, that's what got the sport going in a great, in a great sense. And, uh, that is not there anymore. The the car culture has changed completely. All right, Mark, you're going to get out to see our fighty, fighting twins this weekend? I may get out there uh, once or twice. We'll see. All right. Uh, the kid right. pitching tonight can be very good, and then he can be not so good. But uh, they, yeah. they finally played a couple of good ball games in St. Louis. So, uh, Yeah, they did. All right, Wick, thanks. Thank you. All right, Mark Wicker, uh, LA Daily News and uh, – and a long-time Southern California sports columnist after being a Philadelphia sports columnist and uh, one of the greats. Just having an intellectual discussion about potty training because yes. uh, we got Leland going. Finally. Leland is a rock star, We got man. Leland going. I always said, 18 months, legal limit. Otherwise, we're putting them up for adoption. <laughs> and the people say they'll do it in their own time. No, you no. got to put the pressure on them. Yep. You got to, you got to, you got to shame the hell out of them yes. to get them to uh, finally do it. Yeah, you know what's great right. too is uh, they they're doing Wolf Week on Channel Nine. Okay, so we watched Wolf Week, and William gave me the are they are those around us, Dad? I said, well. <laughs> If you don't eat all your vegetables, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, it's great. Fear is oh, a yeah, great teaching is. element. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, and they'll get over it. Eventually. Of course. You know, they'll have a few nightmares. What's he going to do, move out? He's not going anywhere. We still haven't, by the way. I, I, I've still walked around puzzled here a few days later about Kenny's Al Sickerman dream still. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. You know, that is, uh, that is uh, kind of an odd, odd dream to have. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. At the Players Tournament, uh, the magic number apparently is six. We have a lot of people at six under. Webb Simpson, Dustin Johnson, Alex Noren, they're all done for the day. Jason Hadley's at 6-under through 17. Matt Kuchar through 15. Sergio through 13. Oh, and- really? Sergio, that's uh, where he, he kind of had his breakthrough win there at the players about three years. 
and Patrick Cantley, also at six under. A couple wow. of folks at five under. So, I think uh, Del- a Tiger, who was two over, uh, got it to one under last I saw. So mm-hmm. at least that's uh, something. Uh, twins out on the West Coast. They open up a four-game series against the Angels. Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins. Garrett Richards for the Angels. Uh, the Twins just announcing in the last half hour or so they've returned Byron Buxton from his rehab assignment, put him off, uh, taking him off. Excuse me, the ten-day disabled list originally put on the DL. Remember because he had migraine headaches, but then uh, suffered a hairline fracture in his toe during a rehab assignment. To make room on the Twins roster, they optioned Ryan Lamar to AAA Rochester. Uh, Lamar, he's been pretty good for him. Three twenty-four with three RBI. Oh, He's been very good. Uh, the uh, and uh, they 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 have not issued a public apology to the fans yet for putting Buxton on the DL in the first place. Have they? The, uh, <laughs> no. the, the young geniuses. I have not. I've not Unbelievable! Seen that. What a not head decision that was. Also, uh, I assume he'll be in the lineup tonight. We don't have a lineup yet because of mm-hmm. the late start. Uh, Berardino just tweeted that Sano is also in Anaheim. Was that? Uh, expected? I thought that was not expected. I don't know. He was not supposed to be on the road, but they, you know, he might have told them he was making progress, so they wanted to see him waddling around, see how she looked, you know. (laughs) Or he has a favorite restaurant. I don't know. Uh, it looks like the uh, Vikings are trying out another defensive tackle today. Uh, David Perry in town to talk with them. Why do we uh, think we need all these defensive tackles? we got about nine of them. Because the Philadelphia Eagles just won a Super Bowl oh, with about, about going eight, eight, eight deep eight. on the defensive <laughs> line. So we're stealing that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Per- David Perry. Oh, that's, that's Stephen Perry. Perry. <laughs> Stephen Perry. Close enough. <laughs> Jeez. That's because I know how much you love Journey. That's why I wanted to sneak that song in for you, John. Come over there and stab you in the eye. Uh, Perry (laughs) started 16 games in back-to-back years in 2015 and 2016 with Indianapolis, uh, but he was in only one game last season. Picked in the fifth round. They do know Indianapolis defense stinks. Well, I would assume (laughs) he was a fifth rounder by the Colts in 2015. We're just out there spreading the net, trying to find some helpers. Spreading the net. Mm-hmm. Another nice recruit for New Gopher women's basketball coach Lindsey Whalen. Uh, Mercedes Staples of Viewmont High School in Bountiful, Utah, announced on Twitter as she's committed to the Gophers. That's for this year. Yeah, for the upcoming year. She. Mm-hmm. That's why they could announce it because she could sign it. Because the the other recruit I think was for next year, the two years from now, right? The, 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 the local Stillwater. kid. The local yep. kid. Gotcha. Uh, this gal's a four star recruit, sixty fourth ranked player in the class of twenty eighteen. Uh, last year in high school, averaged twenty two point four points. She's a five foot ten guard. Originally, she had signed with Clemson, but requested a release after Clemson fired their coach, Audra Smith. All right. Well, uh, go get him, Lindsay. Uh, we uh, shall return. This portion of the ride with Royce is sponsored by KFC. This summer, get a crispy tenders twenty dollar fill up meal includes twelve extra crispy chicken tenders plus all the fixings for a limited time only. This offer is not everywhere and not forever. Tax and substitutions are extra. Anything quite so objectionable? <laughs> it's down the hall, third door on your left. I'm really sorry. I was in the pool! I was in the pool! Uh, On this day 
uh, in uh, May 14th, uh, 1998, the final episode of the nine-season run of Seinfeld aired. It was a two-parter, and uh, it became very controversial. A lot of people who hadn't followed the whole series were a little confused with the final episode. Uh, They had been jailed (laughs) for the uh, most wonderful of reasons uh, that... uh, uh, a a fat man was being mugged, right? <laughs> yep. And they uh, instead of helping him out, they laughed yep. and made jokes about him being fat. And uh, they were charged with what was the crime? They were charged with they were charged with uh, failure or duty to rescue a duty to rescue okay. violation. <laughs> First time anyone had ever it required bystanders to help out in such a situation. <laughs> they ended up in jail. And, of course, the next one is the trial. And uh, all the people, they bring in all the uh, people who have grudges against them from the nine years of the show. To Not speak. all of them. Yeah. A lot of them to speak against <laughs> mm-hmm. them to prove that they're the kind of horrible people. This is a correct would, charge, who yes. Who would, uh, you know, not help anyone. And uh, But you can see reading the, you know, I went back through a wiki page that, that really lines out the whole episode, you know, and they had everybody in there, but here's, this is curb your enthusiasm, right? Oh yes. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just yep. curb your enthusiasm, how complications, uh, get, uh, but Lola, uh, Donna Evans played her describes the events from the handicap spot. George parked in a handicap space, which caused her to travel a greater distance to get where she was going. Her electric wheelchair was destroyed in an accident when it lost power, and Kramer bought her a used vehicle with faulty brakes, which caused her to go careening down a hill. And she called. She showed up to testify against them. Didn't she that. have like the neck brace on and yeah, stuff? Too? Yes. Tara Hatcher, Terry Hatcher, Terry Hatcher, the great, yeah. gorgeous Terry Hatcher. Uh, Cedra. She played Cedra Holland, a woman Jerry dated from the health club in The Implant. <laughs> she recounted an incident in 1993 when Elaine tripped in the sauna and landed on her breasts. She claimed that Jerry had sent <laughs> Elaine into the sauna to find out if her breasts were real or implants. I remember that. When Cedra <laughs> entered the courtroom, Jackie Childs, oh, of course. their lawyer, mm-hmm. the Johnny Cochran mm-hmm. character, developed a crush on her. And then while the jury was out, we sh- we got to see all these people waiting you know, what they were doing. And Jackie Childs was in the sack with uh, Terry Hatcher, you know, <laughs> while, the, while the verdict was waiting. But it, a lot of people didn't like it, but it was uh, a classic way to wind up an, 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 an incredible series. Now, I didn't watch it every week, but I, 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 when I see it, I usually watch it to see, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, if, if, for first of all, if they get uh, uh, George's five, George's father and mother are going to be on. I make sure. Oh, I you have those are must watch episodes. I, lo- I love yeah. those two. Uh, but I've forgotten in the when George Steinbrenner uh, takes the stand, the George Steinbrenner <laughs> character Lee Bear. It was voiced by uh, Larry David, by the way. He oh, I did not George know voice. that. Okay, yeah. okay. 
Frank Costanza stands up and shouts to Steinbrenner, how could you give $12 million to Hideki Arabu? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was uh, You know, the same the crowd. Nazi testified and everybody. The same crowd that was really upset with the, the ending of the Seinfeld, I, which I never understood it, because people always want you know the bow to be wrapped yeah, at the end so of everything they and explained. Wrapped it better than and, anybody. And the Sopranos, the same thing. Like yeah. everybody wanted to be explained what happened. Him, they wanted him to get shot. Right. They wanted him to. He got shot. Which is what I never understood about yeah. people wanting. They, they've got to have finality and conclusion with everything. Manny, did you watch much of it? Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah did my you favorite have a favorite my, character. Well, I don't know if I had a favorite character, but I will say. I will take this to my grave. My favorite episode will always be the Magic Loogie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With Keith Hernandez. And, okay. and when, when Jerry was breaking down the Magic Loogie, how he was saying, <laughs> yes. you know, it splashed off of Kramer's wrist, yes. <laughs> took a left, paused in midair, mind you. <laughs> God, that was great. Yeah. God, that was great. How you about know, you? The most under, I, I liked almost every character, you know, secondary character that was on that show. But for me, outside of George's parents, who were my favorite. Yeah. The next to me was Newman. Anytime Newman, Newman was on the show, you had to well, watch. Because it was so simple. Newman. Well, and when Hello, and then Newman. they'd go back to his apartment and be filled with mail. Right. You know? <laughs> when when the episode of him and Kramer going to Michigan to recycle all the cans because they were going to get two cents more per can, <laughs> that was brilliant. That was pretty funny. I Wayne was a Knight. big fan of Peterman. Peterman was good. Later on, and Putty. I loved Putty. Putty was good, too. And one of my favorite scenes is Putty. They're flying across country or something, and Putty is just sitting there in the middle seat staring straight ahead. <laughs> And Elaine's trying to get him to read or do, do something. something. And, and the fact he's nope, I'm you know, the fact he's just staring straight ahead and doing nothing is driving her insane, right? <laughs> but he was great though because he was a. And then all of a sudden he's going to be the football fan, right? Yes. He's like this. He's like this perfectly sane. Blase guy, and then all of a sudden his face is painted, and he wants to go screaming. <laughs> well, it was a, it was a uh, weren't they going to a Devils game, a New Jersey Devils hockey oh, game? Was that it? Yeah, That's what Devils it was. Game. Yeah, and he walks in front of the the church going couple, and they just go ah, <laughs> and they see him because he's happy that the Devils beat the Rangers. Uh, brilliantly written. I oh yes, say. They, it was it was always brilliantly written, and uh, George's you know hard to beat George. George when he had the guy build the little bed underneath his desk <laughs> so he could sleep underneath there and then that little kid won't go away right. wasn't it the little kid i think it was her? the kid yeah. yeah it won't go away it's <laughs> yeah it was uh you know as i say it was uh it was not uh something that i had to watch and you, you couldn't go back on demand like you can no. now who but, name uh, is george i'm unemployed and i live with my parents <laughs> What was the? Uh, oh, I can't even remember. Uh, when he, when he k- killed his, yeah, the uh, the he killed his, uh, you know, with the stamps, the poisonous stamps. And, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It was George's fiance. Uh, yes, yeah. Susan. Oh, I think it was Susan. Susan. Yeah. She was Susan, a yeah. complete pain in the ass. And <laughs> and his her parents are at the final. Uh, episode, the final episode too in the right. in the gallery there. <laughs> He's a murderer! He's a murderer! What? what can you help me. What was the uh, the set that Kramer rebuilt in his apartment? Was it Merv Griffin? What was the talk show that he that he redid? He he found 
the old set sta- or the old stage in a oh, dumpster yeah, behind whatever, and so he recreated <laughs> it to be a talk show you know, set. He, I found him less funny than just about everybody else because it was so over the top. It was physic. It was too physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I because it, it it I like humor when you don't have to work that hard for it. Sure, it's just you know like Putty or <laughs> Peterman or something like that. So. Anyway, it was great, and uh, uh, ended uh, tonight in uh, no, what, 1998? Well, no, when was it? Yeah, 98. 98. 20 years oh, ago today. Holy cow, 20 years ago. We'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. Westfall rolled it in front. Sanderson tried a shot that was wide, and Keenan cleared a buck not out. Bobby Orr, behind the net to Sanderson, to Orr! Bobby Orr! Scores in the Boston Bruins! Have won the Stanley Cup! Orr! Looking it in for the goal! It's 1970. The uh, Bruins sweep the St. Louis Blues. Third straight team from the original six to sweep the Blues in the finals. Stanley Cup Finals, but the uh, fourth game uh, was actually an overtime game, and that's the probably the most famous photo in hockey history. Bobby Orr, airborne, starting to celebrate after he scores the winning goal. Uh, May that's 10th, in a lot of offices around the country. Yes. <laughs> and that was, by the way, the Bruins' first Stanley Cup in 29 years, which is... A little hard to believe when you consider it was a six-team league uh, until 1967. There were only six Mm -hmm. teams, and the Bruins hadn't won it since 1941 uh, before Orr scored that. Uh, When you talk about, when they talk about uh, fantastic Boston athletes, they always put Williams number, you know, Williams baseball and uh, Russell basketball. And uh, the the hockey player is always Bobby Orr. Yeah. And for a damn good reason. In 1969 and 70, he's a defenseman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is back. Now, we the hockey was a little more wide open back then, but there were only 12 teams, right? And uh, Bobby Orr became the first defenseman ever to win all three of hockey's greatest awards. He won the Hart Trophy. As the uh, MVP. as MVP, the James Norris Trophy is the league's outstanding defenseman, and he won the Art Ross Trophy as the league's leading scorer as a defenseman. Eighty-seven assists, one hundred and twenty points. Uh, Bobby Orr was magnificent. 